Hello, and welcome back to the 20th episode of the High Tide News Podcast. In this episode, we'll be chatting about all things British Superbike, World Superbike, and the silly season advancements from MotoGP. But before we get into discussing all of the topics that we have for today, let me introduce the usual suspects who are joining me once again. It's, of course, Dawn and Jack Hammersley. Good morning, Dawn. How are you keeping? Fine, thank you, Luke. What's happened over the weekend with British Superbikes, mixed conditions and whatnot for the, the Superbike boys, I wanted to ask you about the British Talent Cup and obviously uh, Mortimer Racing rider Alexander Rowan. I think it's safe to say he had an interesting weekend. Do you want to expand a little bit more about how he did across the, the weekend at Brands Hatch? Yeah, Alexander had a great round. Um, in race one, the conditions were awful, but Alexander is normally pretty, you know, pretty good in the wet. And uh, he went from starting P20 to about P3, P4. After two laps, he got an amazing start. And he held on it and he had a great battle all the way through with some other riders. And um, was it Lucas Brown? Mm. Yeah, he was fighting with. And they were third, fourth, third, fourth for the latter stages. And it was just so exciting to watch. And as he sort of went on the start-finish straight... Um, Alexander was actually in fourth place, but he just got the drag to the line, got his head down, tucked in, and uh, crossed the line in third place to take his first British Talent Cup podium. So we yeah, were so I, pleased for him. I can imagine he'd be uh, rather excited about it. Have you heard anything from him or the team since the weekend about it or, or during the weekend? Yeah, definitely. Emma's sister rang me straight after because <laughs> it was just so unfortunate that we weren't there when he, when he did it. But they were just so happy and you know, he wasn't gifted it, he earned it. And I think that's another big, a big um, positive point for him. And he's going on to Silverstone next for the GP round and Alexander likes Silverstone. So hopefully he can uh, continue his form there. Yeah, 10th in the, the championship as well. I'm just looking now. So, yeah. you know, good good progress so far this season. Um, Jack, good morning. How, how have you been keeping? I'm, I'm fine. Good, good. So we had, obviously, like I mentioned before, mixed conditions throughout the weekend at Brands Hatch with, at this point, quite a rare um, wet BSB race. I can't remember one in, in sort of recent time. Uh, so I wanted to jump straight in and ask you, do you think the wet British Superbike race was more exciting than the two dry races we had across the weekend? I think it was more... Look, I think it set up the weekend for the Sunday's races and it made it a, bit, a lot more unpredictable. So I think on that side, I think it was a bit, it was a bit better. Yeah, obviously with the, the different grid positions as well from after the wet, especially with a man that sort of all of us were tipping to do well, Josh Brooks sort of being further down the grid for the dry races, which made it more interesting on that front. I guess we'll go straight in and ask, speak about Josh and his weekend because... Jack, you pointed out um, last week about Josh was going to break the, or was hoping to break the record for amount of wins around Brands Hatch. What, in your opinion, do you think went wrong for Josh? Do you think it was just that wet race caught him out a little bit? Because he was strong on Friday, wasn't he? Yeah, he said um, after race one, he believes he had a, like, a bit of a dodge rear tyre or something like that. Because he couldn't generate any grip at all, so... Then that problem sort of generated the problem for race two, and then he did actually, he did have an okay start for race three, but then he got caught up in with Vickers and Haslam. So, 
sort of from the racing start of the races, it all went downhill pretty fast. So, yeah, obviously, you know, Dawn, even the, the whole FHO team again, really sort of struggling in British Superbikes at the moment when you look at it. Both of them have resigned, like we mentioned, for next year. So that's a, that's a positive for them on, on, on how it's going at the moment. But Peter Hickman, it just, it's almost like he's never come back from the TT, if that makes sense, across the weekend. You know, Brent Hatch is somewhere he did well. He ended his season last season there really well. I think he won a race there. And an eighth place is his best result this weekend. He was aiming for a top 10, but, you know, it's not great from Peter at the moment, is it? No, definitely not. He must be so disappointed to come off like he's at the high of the Isle of Man TT, but I really don't know what's going on there. And I don't think he does really, whether it's a bit of a bike issue or something within the team or what, just himself. But he needs a good result. And I think once he does, you know, it might get better. But is he going to run out of time? But luckily, like you say, he's got a job for next year. So the, that massive pressure, you know, is not on him at the moment. Yeah, and really, it, it's probably a good thing that that pressure isn't on him. Because you're looking, he's uh, 13th in the championship now, only just ahead of Storm Stacy and behind the likes of Charlie Nesbitt, who's, who's a rookie in the class this season. So to find someone like Peter Hickman, who we're used to seeing in the old days of a showdown contender, is down outside of the top 10, it's... A rarity but obviously still did the business at the Isle of Man so that's probably what's kept him his ride for next season uh, I guess um, you know we, we've talked about the two sort of shock bad results from uh, the weekend who are really on poor form at the moment but let's talk about a man who's really growing in stature coming of age we spoke about him briefly before uh, we started recording Jack Ryan Vickers really sort of showing up this season for the first time in British Superbikes really got his first British Superbike race win in the, the wet race at Brands Hatch sadly only half points what are you making of him at the moment because he's, he's being a revelation at the moment yeah he's been very impressive he's quite consistent he's not crashing he's all the problems he's had in the past are seeming to disappear and I think it's just sort of good to see that Ryan's now f- fulfilling his potential that we know he he's had for quite a few years now yeah I'm, I'm just looking and quickly trying to trying to count in my head how many podiums he's had now because I think that's his fourth maybe I think it's his fourth maybe fifth podium this season so he's really you know coming on and, and Dawn do you think it's the thing of joining the OMG racing Yamaha team do you think the Yamaha's helped him like it helped Brad and Kyle when they jumped over there Yes, definitely. Now, I think it's probably the team as well. And he's got, is it Roger Burnett working for him? Marshall. Marshall is a, a crew chief now. So I think that's how really helped him. And it must just be a different team around him. And like Jack said, the fact that he's not crashing now, because he's been at that stage before where, you know, he's been in the, the, the sharp end, but he's crashed out. So I just think he's really matured now. Yeah, I think that is something that has helped him now. Obviously, he's sort of grown up a little bit it seems since he's joined because he joined at a very young age into British Superbikes so you know to get where he is now it, it is incredible to see Jack I guess a big one that we'll have to see how the rest of the season goes and sort of what happens with him for next season but do you see Vickers becoming maybe not a title contender for this season but for the next few seasons could you see him fighting for a title in British Superbikes if he stays as consistent yeah I mean it'll be 
it'll depend how the Yamaha yeah. changes and how the other bikes change because obviously this season I don't think the Yamaha's quite got it race wise to fight for the championship. It seems it's just way too slow in a, in a straight line. So we'll just have to see for next year. But I think right, I think Ryan, the way things are going, Ryan could just about nab top Yamaha if things keep going the way they're going with Kyle and Jay. Having a bit of inconsistencies at the moment. Yeah, um, just looking now, Ryan is ninth in the championship. Uh, he is 20 and a half points behind O'Halloran because of the half points now that have been given out. And he's still a bit behind Kyle, but definitely could challenge Jace for, for his position if things continue going how they are. Um, Dawn, another rider who's you know come back and he's back on the podium, Danny Kent. First podium for... The last few years, uh, I think his last podium was on the Suzuki at Fruxton in 2021. I think now would be the year he would have been on there. Um, yeah, on his own team, on a Honda now. You know, got all that pressure from setting up his own team for the season. But, you know, he's starting to make it work and he's putting together the results. What What did you think of Danny? Because it was, it was good to see, really. Yeah, it was great to see and a great weekend for him. I think it just made the difference if he can qualify a little bit higher up the grid what a difference it makes for him. And uh, I was listening to an interview with Jamie Whittam and he, you know, I think he, he still strives to be in another top team and he wouldn't sort of say no if a top team come and asked him, you know, would you like to ride for us and that. So I think he's really selling himself at the moment and he's he's doing everything right. Yeah, obviously, um, Moto3 world champion from 2015, was in Moto Two, things didn't go as well. Came back to British Superbikes, had a little bit of controversy in his personal life, but you know, sort of seems to have put that all behind him and has moved on. And since coming back to the championship, he's looked good. He had a big injury last season, and you know, he's putting it together now. And it would be a shame to see him leave his own team if a, a, a bigger sort of factory supported team came along for him. Because I like the bike; I think it's a, a very good looking bike on the grid, but. He's doing the business and he, he, he is fighting there now. And on the topic of Honda, I guess he sort of seems to be the the top Honda throughout most of the weekends now. And when you compare him to the factory boys of, of Tom Neve and obviously Andrew Owen out injured and Franco Bourne's come in and replaced him, he's doing a good job. But Jack, he Danny Kent said he's on Glenn's bike from last year. Do you think... Why do you think Danny could be fighting, you know, as the top Honda? Do you think it's purely the thing of maybe lack of stress on his parks? It's his own team, so he has no one's expectations but his own to live up to? Uh, well, I mean, Andy Irwin obviously is riding, so he'd be the top Honda rider. But um, I think also you got to put the fact that Glenn won on that bike um, last year, so they would know the settings that won in the race and I'm still convinced there's something different from last year to this year in some small form of tyres but um, I think it's just Danny's proven himself he's not injured the bike clearly if like 2022 spec bikes are still very competitive to this year so I think it just works yeah I think it's been a the correct decision from him to set up his own team and go on his own and I'd like to see him in a, a top team, also in the, the same breath of saying I'd like to see him stay. But 
you know, it's a good uh, comeback story for for Danny Kent now in British Superbikes, and I don't think there are many people who are unhappy to see him up there. Dawn, uh, another rider that uh, we've talked a lot about this season, really, compared to previous seasons, is Storm Stacy. The wet weather and Storm Stacy seem to go hand in hand at the moment. They seem to be when he thrives the most. A seventh place in race one, uh, picked up points in the uh, other two races as well, with a 13th and 11th place. What have you made of Storm this season? Because again, a bit like uh, Vickers and Ken, obviously not up to that end where they are of results, but he's sort of coming of age in British Superbikes now for a team that he's in. Yes, definitely. And, you know, he's in a really good team, but like a lot of people say, they would like to see him if he could get in a, you know, a slightly higher base team, just what he would be capable of. But he, he's had a great round and he's having a very good season. Very talented rider, definitely. Yeah, um, like I said, 14th in the championship, just behind Peter Aikman. So he really is, you know, growing and adapting himself well to, to being in British bikes. And he definitely... Since he plays the part, but he portrays himself well as well. He has a massive fan base now in in British Superbikes, and it's always good to see a, a youngster like him come through and be this personality, I guess, in every paddock he walks into. Um, Jack, a man that I'm very happy to see back on the podium, Christian Eden, back with back on a Ducati, a place where he's got podiums before and uh, a race win before at Brands Hatch on a Ducati on a Paul Bird Ducati. What what are you making of, of Christian now? Sort of a very slow start to the season and now sort of fighting towards the front. Uh, a lack of silly mistakes this time, like he made at Snetterton. What, you know, they're, they're pairing now and then back on the Ducati. What have you made of, of him this season? Yeah, it's been good, obviously, from... I think he's been on form of since Donington, but just for whatever reason, he could never get the podium, whether that'll be a mistake or the bike or something like that. But I think... For Christian to finally get a podium in the West, I think that just translated to the next day where maybe he had any doubt that something could happen, could, could go wrong that disappeared and he just rode a near enough perfect race to what the bike was capable of on that day. So I think it's uh, good stuff for the uh, Oxford Products team and now they go to Fruxter where the bike usually isn't fantastic. Um. But we'll have to just wait and see how that goes because Christian, he can ride anything, so he'll just push as much as possible. Near enough, perfect. I'm I'm happy that you said that. That's the 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 main thing I've taken from that. Um, no, but yeah, Fruxton Park, Fruxton Park, Fruxton, the uh, the home round for uh, Moto Rapido as well. Um, yeah, Tommy never really got on with that circuit on that bike so it'll be interesting to see how Christian can go around there and fingers crossed he'll, he'll do well and put together some more good results um, I guess the main man that we haven't spoke about yet another Ducati rider the man who's really stamping his authority on the, on the championship now really taking a command and lead over, over everyone else is, is Tommy Bridewell Dawn I think we said it last week as well this is his year this is Tommy's time to to do it and he's putting it together got a big lead now over his teammate Glenn two more wins at Brands Hatch what are you making of of, of Tommy now because it, it looks like this could be Tommy's time definitely I think really you think he's just got to not make any mistakes but he, he doesn't look like he's going to make any mistakes he 
even though he gets off the back and says, you know, you say, oh, that that race looked easy, or it wasn't, but he's making it look easy. And you don't think anybody can pass him. And, you know, he's just in control at the moment and enjoying it as well. So and I think that that's part of it. He's really thrived since he switched teams, which I didn't perhaps think he would do. Yeah, I, I must admit as well, I was shocked to hear that he was leaving Moto Rapido for Paul Bird, especially the season that they had last year and the season Tommy had with Moto Rapido, sort of chalk and cheese, how they'd done. And to see him leave, and Paul Bird just looks so happy as well when you see him in interviews now. He always seems so emotional at, at British Superbikes now when his team do well. Um, but it was good to see as well, Dawn, his, him and his teammate, Glenn Irwin, having a, a you know, a, it wasn't really much, I'd say, a, a fight on track, but it, they were sort of there and you were waiting for moves to happen and you know that it's, at some point, there's going to be a, a move thrown from one of the two. What are you making of both of them together? Because they stayed relatively calm as teammates to say that they're both fighting for a championship at the same time. Yeah. How long that's going to last, I don't quite know. <laughs> uh, whether they'll fall out more sort of off track than on track. Who knows with them? They're very strong personalities, both of them. So that'll be interesting to see as each round comes and it, it's getting closer because you have to say there's more pressure probably on Glenn because he has been beaten by his teammate. Uh, he's rode for the team before, so you think he, he'd like, you know, perhaps have the edge over Tommy. But it's going to the next, I think, couple of rounds are going to be very interesting for those two. I was going to ask you both, actually, what happened between Glenn and Jason? Because Glenn made some comment after the race. And I, I sort of heard it, but I didn't quite get what he was saying about what happened on, on track between them. Did anyone see it? No. No, I've heard there'd been a bit of a few things said by Glenn, but I don't actually know what happened. Yeah, Glenn made some comment about how Jason's sort of a dirty rider as such. I'm not, I can't quote him exactly because I don't know exactly off the top of my head what he'd said. But yeah, there was something on track and it always seems to be those two that are falling out on track at the moment. There's, there's been a couple of comments between the two of them made throughout the season, so... That's an interesting one between them, but no, I didn't know if anyone had actually caught what happened because they didn't seem to be near each other at all throughout the race. Um, yeah, just having a look through, seeing who else there is who who stands out to me as a as a rider who's shocked me. Leon Haslam didn't have a a great time at Brands Hatch, and Jack, I guess you could say you predicted that really when we were talking about who could do well, and you said it's always been his bogey track. Um, he was sort of there or thereabouts. Was that pretty much what you'd expected from Leon when his bike was actually working? Yeah, I mean, I, I expected him to run between the top 10 and top 5, maybe being that fact for the podium, but never fully expected him to be there, and that's sort of how it ended up, even if the BMW did let him down twice. Yeah, it was, um, it w- it was a shame to see that. I'm just trying to look for the other race, 8th place, yeah, 8th place, that pretty much where you sort of saw him being, really, in that one race he finished. The 8th place position, that about the area between 10th and 5th, fair enough, yeah. Um, Yeah, his championship, I guess you could say challenge, or what was looking like he was building, has sort of fallen off a little bit now. Who do you reckon Jack Arda sort of, men for the championship now do you think it's between Bridewell and Irwin or would you still throw 
Brooks and Ride's name in there as well or not? I'd say right now it's just between the PBF. Well, it's just Tommy really with Glenn seemingly just not having the same thing Tommy's got at the moment. But with how the showdown goes, it could easily just be you get to Alton Park, the gaps in the championship similar, and all it takes is for Tommy to go down and then all of a sudden everything opens back up again. And, you know, if someone goes out and wins all nine races and gets the all the extended points and Tommy has got a bit of bad luck, you never know. So I'm saying that it's still going to be the guys in the top five, but at the moment it's just Glenn at the moment who can give a proper challenge to him. It would, what do you see when you, you watch them as the main difference? Because it looks like Glenn struggles a bit more with the front end. Do you think it's just Tommy's sort of clicked with the new Ducati quicker than Glenn has? Because he's been on the Ducati, you know, for the last couple of seasons as well at Motor Rapido. I think it's just, he knows the bike and he, he believes in himself. And I think he just trusts in his own ability and, Maybe before he's needed the perfect setup, now he's just quite happy to just ride the bike because he believes that it doesn't matter what the bike is like, he'll probably win. So I think you can see Glenn just can't quite understand the front end at the moment. So I think now we'll be trying to figure that out. But I think he's just doing, Tommy's just doing a perfect job and riding to the full capabilities of that bike without going over the limit. Yeah, I think, yeah, Tommy's doing, well, yeah, he's been don't think really I can recall off the top of my head Tommy making much of a mistake this season. Has he? No, a mechanical. Was that a Donington? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he's putting together a a classic season and hopefully he doesn't get the old sort of Jason O'Halloran bad luck towards the end of the season and start falling off. But fingers crossed for Tommy, it's going well at this point. Um yeah, any teeth for a bat? I'd like to mention him quickly because he's staying with the team for the next couple of rounds. They're going to stay on the Kansas Yamaha, of course, see how he's doing. I think I read that Tito has got something going on every weekend now up until October. He's racing every weekend until October time now. And I think it's safe to say he just loves it. He may not be, you know, at the front end in everything he does because he's with Pachetti Kawasaki, of course, in... Um, World Superbikes, he's in Moto E as well with Pramac, I think it is, and now doing the BSB stuff, and he's just seems to be enjoying himself. Dawn, do you think he's after that one-off appearance last year where he was nowhere with Tag Honda? Do you think it's Tito's a good addition for the British Superbike grid at the moment? Yeah, and he's definitely making things interesting. I think he's a, a strong talking point, whether he to be doing good or doing silly things on track, but no. And who, he's just living his dream and who could blame him? You know, most riders would want to be riding and racing every weekend. So I think he's a good addition. And really, there's nobody else that you think, well, he, you know, the ride should have been given to him or this, that and the other. So, yeah, I think he's a good addition. And I think as yeah. the, the rounds go on, he'll find his feet a bit more as well. Yeah, he sort of put his name out there. And I saw a clip from Stuart Higgs about how the ride got given to Tito. And that was funny. It was just, they bumped into each other at World Superbikes yeah. and just asked him yeah. if he wanted to ride it. And sure enough, I'm, yeah, not surprised Tito about did. And he's given it a go and he's, he's doing a decent job at it as well. Um, we'll discuss super sport at dawn. I'll ask you about Macadam racing straight away. We'll go straight into that. Um, 
what happened with Max was my first sort of question on that front. Is it just uh, not past fit to ride, was it? Yeah, he had a medical quite early Friday morning uh, and he was given the all clear. He passed that. He did FP1 and FP2. But every time he went round a left-hand corner, his head wasn't feeling right. So straight away uh, after FP2, he went to the medical centre. And I think they gave him another medical and declared that he, he, he shouldn't ride for the rest of the weekend. So unfortunately, he couldn't do qualifying or race. So we're really hoping he'll be fit for, for Thruxton. If, you know, he's got another two or more weeks to sort of... But apart from that, he's fine, so... He's just having a few little niggles still from his head injury. Yeah, I'm just having a look where he was in the practice sessions. I noticed his name, obviously, compared to the other Supersport bikes, um, 17th, and I just found a 17th and 16th in the free practice sessions. So he was still running a decent pace. He wasn't a million miles yeah, away. He, he got th- straight through to Q2, so, yeah. It is a shame for him because, like we said last week, he was scoring regular points, and it was good to see. Um, the other side of the garage, obviously, Tom, what did was made of his weekend? What was expected going into the weekend as well? Did the wet weather sort of throw him off a little bit? Yeah, it did, unfortunately. It hampered what the team's expectations were for the whole weekend. You know, they were relieved that he managed to bring the bike home on Saturday because, you know, the conditions were terrible. So, yeah, at least he, he salvaged some points. And then Friday uh, on Sunday for the feature race... He just seemed to, he just doesn't seem to perhaps to be able to get away with the front runners of like the Curries and Lisa Irwin and Tom Boothay and was just to, to get with them like he sort of did at the start of the season. So I think he's just got to really try and up his game in qualifying because if he can qualify on the first two rows, he tends to go with the front group, which is what he needs to do. Mm, he's still fifth in the championship, yeah. which for a first. Is it, it is his first season in full British season, Sport yeah. together, yeah. His yeah. first full season. So, yeah, you know, going to random tracks like uh, Knock Hill and such, which are definitely not what he'd be used to. It, it's still very good going and it's still impressive to see from him. Um, you mentioned Ben Curry. He had a good weekend, like his Superbike teammate Christian did. And Jack, what what did you make of, of Curry's time at Brands Hatch? Because he's now leading the championship. He's sort of sort of matched with the the Supersport Ducati really well, would you say? Yeah, I think this whole season is just matching his 2021 performance where, for whatever reason, there's all these different winners and he's just not one of them. Yeah. And I do, I think the win is coming, probably in wet conditions, but it definitely seems that the V2 Ducati is now starting to click, but uh, now we get to Fruxton, which... It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how that bike does there. But I think Corey's just doing a very clever championship. He he, he hasn't won a race, but he's probably finished on the podium, and he's definitely had the least amount of DNS compared to everyone else. So you just gotta wait and see how everything unfolds. Yeah, the other rider that you've said that um sorry that was sort of been there or thereabouts as well is is Reese Irwin and sort of another name that going into this season wasn't expected, I guess, on the Suzuki to be a championship challenger. Sort of, have you been impressed with what he's been able to do on that bike? Because him and his teammate are both sort of there and thereabouts every weekend. Yeah, I mean, he showed some potential when he was on the McAdam 
uh, Yamaha a couple of years ago. He a couple of rides where he was fighting for the podium. I think he's just generally just clipped that bike and it suits his riding style. And after Donington, he had a bit of a, it was really far down in the championship after a couple of good performances. And I think he's just clicked with the team and the bike. And now he's, he's riding really well. I think he's finished on the podium every single time since Knockhill. So it's just really going well for him. Yeah. Um, one race uh, where he's been off the podium since Knockhill. So, you know, still good going for him and a bike that I don't think any of us really expected to challenge for a championship going into this year. Um, Dawn, we've got the two Kawasaki's of Luke Stapleford and Tom Bufamos, who really, Tom had a better weekend than than um, Luke Stapleford did, but, you know, it's almost like they seem like the two favourites, and now Curry and Owen are throwing their names in the hats. Do you think they're still sort of the two favourites for the long run for the remainder of the season, or do you think they've now seriously got a sort of put full focus back on not just fighting each other, but make sure these other two don't steal points off of, off of them yeah, as well. Yeah, I still think we've both got a very strong chance because they're very strong riders. And it's just like, it's just a crazy championship this year. And, you know, I mean, Tom rode really well to, he was sort of really towards the back and then he come through, didn't he? But Luke's just having a bit of a, a sticky time at the moment. So I think he needs to ride through that and compose himself again because You'd have to put your money on loops, definitely, to to be in a chance of winning the championship. Yeah, so obviously Ben Curry leads. Reese with six points behind Ben. Uh, Tommy Famous, 16 points um, behind Ben's lead. And then Stableford, 32 points down now. So he is now the, the furthest out of it, out of those top four. But with his experience, I definitely will see him getting his head down and clawing his way back into it. It's not bad for a, a rider who wasn't going to do every round this season and is now sort of yeah. in a championship <laughs> fight. That's the one thing that I keep having to remind myself that he wasn't actually going to do it all and he's still showing up strong. Um, Jack, I guess over in Superstock, we have another rider who I don't think really saw himself fighting for a championship, Dan Linfoot. But he has been there all season, really. What, you know what have you thought of him throughout the year because it's sort of a unexpected but sort of definitely could have seen it happening before the season do you reckon with with Dan yeah I mean he, sort of, he ended last season very strong and then I think they changed the slick tyres as well and he knows the Honda very well anyway from his time uh, at, in the BSB team I think it all just translates and he's got so much experience and he's not in he's injury free and he just believes in himself and he's just riding he's riding nearly as fast as the superbike guys so I generally think if everything goes well in terms of weather wise we could actually see him going faster than the British superbike riders in Froxton. Do you think we'll ever see Dan back on a superbike or do you reckon he'll just stick with Superstock and then reckon just stick with Superstock. See him win a, maybe multiple championships this time, depending on how long he, he stays around for now. Um, Dawn, obviously, Alistair Seeley on the BMW this season in Superstock, and his Brands Hatch weekend went very well uh, and claimed his first race win of the season in, in the wet conditions. 
you know, what are you thinking of, of, of him this season back in Superstock when normally you'd expect to see him on the roads? Yeah, he's doing a fantastic job. The, the fastest postman ever. Because <laughs> he, you know, wins races at the weekend and he's delivering your post on the Monday. But no, he's he's doing great. He's always been a gritty rider that you know whatever you put him on, he will get stuck in. He wouldn't be happy just riding around to make the numbers. So I did always think that he would push to try and, you know, win the championship. But like you say, I don't think he could perhaps do that this year with how strong Dan is. But he's doing a great job. Yeah, especially with how strong every Honda seems to be really on the grid. The one that has surprised me the most is Billy McConnell. And mm. I don't know if it's just bad luck really that he's not been up there, but he's the one going into the season where I thought, yeah, the Honda looks good. He's going to be the, the main threat for everyone. And he's down an eight from the championship. And Franco Bourne, who's been on the Superbike for the last two rounds, is still ahead of him in the championship and it's sort of when you look at that that it's sort of the shock results that are being thrown around in in superstock this season and really most of the classes um we'll move on from british superbikes unless there's anything major that i've forgotten from the classes i don't think there is um and we'll move on and we'll look to this weekend for the czech republic round of the season of world superbike racing at most a track which is Delivered us some good racing in the past. And this weekend, going into it, Jack, do you think we'll once again see Top Rack challenging against Bautista? Or do you think Bautista will be back swinging this weekend to try and do lock out the whole weekend again? I think it'll be a race between, assuming it's dry, because just that the weather it is meant, it is like, could be wet, could be dry. No one knows what it's going to be. If it's dry, I'm I'm saying it's going to be Bautista in top rack again. I feel like I just feel like because it's Bautista in the long races, he'll be faster one, and then the Super Pole race top rack will give him a go. But I just have no idea because you, you can't really go off last season because all three races were very different, and a lot's changed since then. So, but I'd say we top rack in Bautista for the win, unless it's raining. I was going to say, yeah, you can't really look at last season because Scott Redham was on the podium there last season as well. So that was a, a bit of a bit of a different one. And of course, that's where he, he proposed to his now wife, didn't he? When he was with Ducati yeah. after he won there, weren't it? Um, but no. Yeah, it's, it's looking at it and I think it's going to be an interesting weekend. Most is always an interesting track. It's got different parts of it that will, will suit different people. Dawn... The British boys, obviously Bradley Ray, uh, should probably mention him first, isn't going to take part in this round this weekend. He's going to have an operation on his shoulder, which is, uh, I imagine, an injury he's had for a little while now for it to have been taken this long to have a look at. Actually, I'll ask you straight away, do you think Brad may have signed the contract for next year? Because it seems a bit weird that midway through the season you'd step back and have an operation for this injury that could take a while to heal. And, you know, the timing after his best World Superbike finish yet. Do you reckon he's put pen to paper for a deal for next year? Yes, I do. I think he probably did it after getting such a good result. He probably sat down and spoke about everything. And it must be something that is affecting his riding because if it was just something you could brush off a bit, then I think knowing Brad, he probably would. So it must be something that 
is affecting him when he's, he's racing. So, but yeah, I think behind the scenes, I think he probably put pen to paper last uh, the Monday after uh, securing his his good race result. Yeah, so he's really the only rider in World Superbike that I haven't heard at least a rumour about for next year. Mm. Most of them you hear, oh, they're switching manufacturers, they're switching teams. You've got this rider coming in to take their slot. But I haven't heard anything about Brad. It's been really quiet. Yeah. And I think some people will be confused why he's taking this round out, especially after such a good result. But I think the explanation of potentially signing a contract is... is definitely sort of the way it's, it's looking in, in my opinion jack do you think we could have seen much from brad this weekend in a sort of hypothetical after how he'd done it emma do you reckon he would have been fighting how he was there or do you reckon he would have just been scrapping for like the singular sort of points i think he'd be a bit, he wouldn't have been as strong because it'd be a new track for him but not for others so um you want to because I think that will help in that everyone else had to learn the track, at half the grid had to learn the track. So you could sort of be where you could sort of be evened out. This one, I, the track I think would suit his style, but I'm just not sure where he'd end up. Yeah, there. Yeah, the, the, the track's weird enough for Brad, who's come from the English tracks, to get used to it quick because of how just different it is compared to a lot of the tracks. But the whole Yamaha situation is still looking interesting, especially if they haven't signed anyone to partner Locatelli and the factory team for next year. And there's been talk that it's going to be maybe Jonathan Ray that's going to abandon Kawasaki. And we spoke about it briefly last week and it's been a little bit more since. And some people are saying he's met with the Yamaha representatives. His manager was at Donington and apparently they had a meeting there. Dawn, do you reckon there'd be any truth behind that at all? Do you think Jonathan Ray would be thinking maybe a move to Yamaha would be a good place to end his career? Yes, he, he might want to challenge. I, I, I just can't see it myself, but you know, you can understand him to think about that because obviously the Yamaha seems a little bit of a better package at the moment. And like you say, why not end your career doing something different and pushing? So it'd be really exciting, I think, if that happened, but I personally can't see him leaving Kawasaki. No, I, I can't, especially for how long he's mm. uh, been there and how much sort of they've done for his career, really, and what he's brought to them, the success that he's given them over the years. I think they'll be doing whatever they can now and promising whatever they can to him to keep him in green for next season rather than blue of their rivals. Um, Jack... Still staying on the going back to the topic of of this weekend at Most, do you reckon this is a crucial time for Bassani to stand on the podium again to try and keep his name in for the Aruba Ducati ride for um next season, or do you reckon it's now firmly going to to Bulaga? Uh, I've no idea. <laughs> it could still be Ronaldo for all we know. Yeah. So, uh, I think Bissani's just got to keep doing what he's doing. Uh, it just seems like it, there's still like, some inconsistencies from here to here, but I reckon if you can make the right tie choices and get just a decent grid position, then he'll be fine for podium as always. And I think it should generally just depend on how Rinaldi does really compared to him. 
Well, I'd expect at this track for um, Rinaldi to do a bit better because he did out-qualify Bautista last year. So we'll have to just wait and see. But if it is wet, then Rinaldi isn't going to have a good time. So I think if it is wet, Bassani will be possibly a, a winning contender. That's two weeks ago. Right. After a, a short little intermission there to go deal with... Uh... Deal with, deal with something going on outside of this. We'll uh, get back to talking about Ducati and get back to where we were. Obviously, Jack, we've just spoke about uh, Rinaldi and Bassani. Obviously, you still have the likes of Petrucci in World Superbikes, uh, a track he's uh, not been to before in Most. How do you see him getting on? Because obviously he has struggled at, at points this season compared to the other Ducati riders. I'd say he's probably going to struggle a little bit. Well, I think I think most people like the circuit, so definitely not be a problem. It'll just be figuring out the circuit, figuring out the bike for that track, and then. Well, I think he'll be top ten runner. I don't know how far up the top ten though. Yeah, he's he's always been sort of consistently around there, but never really up towards Bautista, Bassani, and Ronaldi on uh, consistent occasions. Dawn, looking sort of. At the Kawasaki aspect of things, we just spoke about Jonathan going to Yamaha potentially. They've not been having great success in recent times. Obviously, at Imola, it was a little bit better with Jonathan Ray getting a couple podiums. Do you think we'll see them back up fighting at the front again where they've been given their extra RPM compared to Ducati who got some taken away? Yeah, they'll, they'll definitely be in the fight. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see Ray in third place on the podium. I, I couldn't see him getting a win or in second. Alex Lowe's probably fifth, sixth. But they'll both be giving it their all, but I don't see them, either of them, winning this weekend. Yeah, I guess that's sort of the main thing with Jonathan linked with Yamaha, I guess, the way that it's not been growing, going great for, for Kawasaki in recent uh, weeks and months really and he hasn't won all season long and it's just going a bit downhill for him um jack i guess in the same breath you could talk about bmw as well and, and scott redden potentially moving away from them and all of their troubles at the moment do you think it's the same thing with bm again that we just don't know going into this weekend can we read into how Scott did there last year when he was on the podium or, or not? I'm saying no because I think the other reason he got a podium in the first place was because it rained halfway through the race and he was the only one who didn't really let off he just risked it and got a podium out of it so I, it could easily just range from top 5 to outside the top 10 it just I mean last week, last season not last season last round Baz was the top BMW so it could be him or Gerloff or Van der Mark if he's returning, so just simply don't know. Yeah, you mentioned Van der Mark there, and he is meant to be back for this weekend. He's having a medical. He says he's 100% fit, but how many times have we heard that from riders where they're 100% fit, and then they get to the medical centre, and they go, actually, no, you can't ride this weekend. You're not allowed to. Um, it would be good to see him back on the bikes. Obviously, we haven't seen him since his horrible crash at Assen where he broke his leg and really awful scenes to watch with how his, his leg ended up. So it'd be interesting. Originally, I think we were all saying we doubt he'd be back by Magni Corps, which is when they were saying he'd be back. And now he wants to try it here. 
it may be a little bit too soon, but we'll see. Um, Dawn, I guess the Scott Redding saga is still continuing and where he's going. Um, the wording has been sort of spoke about from how he said his announcement the other week of he will be staying in World Superbike, but he didn't say he'll be staying with BMW. Do you still potentially see him leaving or do you reckon it's he's probably going to end up on a BMW again? Yeah, I think he'll stay where he is, definitely. Because I think if he, if he was going to leave, he'd announced that he was going and that. So, no, I think he'll be on a BMW again. I don't see where else he could go. The other rider that's been uh, rumoured around World Superbike, and I was just reading before this, has apparently signed a contract with Go11 for next year, is Andrea Iannone. See, nothing's official, it's just what has been reported from an Italian website that Go11 and Iannone have sat down and agreed this deal. Jack, sort of, obviously he's a, a big punt to take on, into World Superbike and they might as well take him on if, if they can at a decent you know, cost for the team. Do you think he'll be a good addition as a personality and a rider to the World Superbike paddock? Sorry, I didn't, know. I didn't, didn't hear you said. Uh, Yanone to Yanone, uh, potentially yeah. signed with Go11. Apparently, he has put pen to paper on a deal for next season. Yeah, it'll be good, I reckon. Personality yeah. was, I'm not sure because um, I know he's quite not so popular with some people, but I think it'd be good. Do you think sort of Ertel's not really been getting on with the bike this season and he's sort of been the worst Ducati for most of the season? Do you reckon Go11 will run two bikes or do you reckon it'll be a straight replacement for, for Ertel? Depends on costs. Okay, yeah, because I had heard that Go11, Motocorsa, and Barney, Ducati all wanted second bikes for next season, which I don't see happening. I don't see there being that many Ducatis allowed on the grid, especially with Sam Lowe's coming in. Um, but no, it'll be an, an interesting one to, to have around. And I guess while we're speaking about contracts and silly season as such, we'll look at something else, which I've seen reported as well earlier, is Alex Rins. From the same website that said about Yanone um, signing with Go11, they're also reporting he's accepted an offer from Yamaha. Apparently he hasn't put pen to paper yet because he's just got married over the weekend and is still sort of away dealing with that. But Dawn Rins to Yamaha, do you think that would be a, a good deal for, for him over at MotoGP, getting out of Honda? Yes, definitely. And I think, yeah, he'll thrive on that team, definitely. That would be a really good move. Yeah, it, it would be interesting to see. Obviously, uh, Lucio Ciccinello was asked about it by Speed Week, I believe it was. And they were sort of, he was very much, as you can imagine, Rin should stay with Honda. You know, he knows the bike, he shouldn't change yeah. back. But but Jack, going back to an inline four for Rins, do you reckon that would suit him better than, than the Honda and its V4 has been? For sure. Uh, Rins' natural riding style is to, you know, take lots of corner speed and that kind of stuff. You've seen he's had to compromise his position on the bike to suit the Honda. Whereas if if he went, yeah, I mean, he'd have to compensate with the lack of rear grip that Yamaha seems to have. But I'm sure if Alex can figure it out, it'd be actually be quite interested to see who could be the stronger one between him and Fabio. I think that'd be inter- an interesting rivalry between those two. Actually, if if the bike is competitive and they can both fight at the front, I think no, it could be interesting to see who does the better. Obviously, this does leave Frank and Morbidelli out in the dark. 
but apparently he's been offered the the factory Yamaha in World Superbikes, and that's the lifeline they're going to give him. Dawn sort of switching it back to World Superbikes with Morbidelli. Do you reckon he'd want to go there, or do you think he's still going to be firm on his stance of I want to be a MotoGP? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see him on that ride, and I think he'd do really well in the World Superbike paddock, but. You know, he's still fairly young and you can probably think he doesn't want to give up that spot in the MotoGP paddock because, you know, if you go, it must be really hard to get back in. But I suppose they're just going to wait and see what's happening with the Bezeki, I suppose. In the VR46, it would be a place for him there or so. It'd be a shame to lose him from the MotoGP paddock, but we'll superbikes gain, I say. That's the other thing with Bezeki. Um, I've read that apparently Ducati have agreed with Valentino that Bezeki can have a 2024 spec Ducati for next season, which would keep him at VR46 potentially rather than moving him to Pramac. So then that closes the door for Morbidelli at VR46 if Bezeki looks like he's going to stay there. So then does that mean his only option is to go over to, to Worlds? Yeah, because it looks like Grassini, that Grassini Ducati, everyone's linked with that. It looks like Fabio Di Antonio has lost that ride, and everyone from Joan Mir to Morbidelli to Arbolino to Pedro Acosta to Mark Marquez has been linked <laughs> with that bike. So it just that's the one hot seat in MotoGP at the moment, I believe. Yeah. That Grassini Ducati of if Mark ends up going there, then that opens up the Honda seat. But it's just. It's interesting, especially with the KTM situation as well. But I digress. Back to World Superbikes this weekend with what we're seeing happening there. We'll talk about our predictions for this weekend. And Jack, I'm going to throw you in at the deep end again, like I always do. (laughs) World Superbikes this weekend at Most. Who do you see winning the the three races across the weekend? If it's dry, Bautista top right. Bautista. Bautista, top rat. Bautista, top rat, Bautista. Okay, yep. If it's wet, I'd go with Bautista. But if it's uh, mixed, I'll go Ray. So you're throwing a... Okay, if it's wet, you go with a Bautista triple. No, uh, no, not triple. But if it's, okay. if it's a wait, if there is a wet race in okay. a long race, Bautista. If it's a short one, I'd go with Ray. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying now. Thanks for clarifying that. Um, Dawn, who are you going for for this weekend and uh, across the three races? Um, I'm going for Bautista race one and race three. And I think Top Rat's going to do the Super Pole race on the Sunday morning. Is that um, no matter the conditions, or do you want yeah, to throw I'll, in a, a wet I'll race one? With them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I. See, I don't want to agree with you guys again. Um, <laughs> I want to throw in a different one, like I did with Pisani at Emola. Um, who am I going to throw in this time? I'm going to go. Bautista, Rinaldi, and Bautista. I'll go one different from you guys in a sprint race. I don't know why. Just why not? We'll throw them out there. Might 
actually surprise us and win a race. Um, we'll discuss Supersport. Obviously, Dawn, last time out, we had Stefano Manzi, who was a man on a mission, uh, really sort of put his foot down and tried to secure his way back into the championship. Do you think we'll see the same Manzi rock up to, to Most this weekend? Yeah, definitely. I think he's really going to continue his form. I can't see him winning both the races, but I'd definitely put him down for winning one. Okay, no, no, yeah, I, I, I get that. Jack, are you of the, the same mindset that Manzi could fight for a race win, but you don't see him winning both? Uh, it depends how the Yamaha gels and how the Ducati gels and how the MVs are as well. I'd probably lean more... If Manzi rides with the same intentions as Imola, then I think he can get a double. Okay, yeah, no, that... That is interesting compared compared to how Buda has been this season with his sort of dominance up until now. And I know we said last week that it just takes one bad result for um for Buda sort of championship to to fall away with the sort of mindset that it seemed Manzi was was riding with last time out. Jack, do you see any chance of MV winning a race this weekend at Most? Maybe, but I'm not. I'm not. It it generally depends on the qualifying and the start, really. If, if it's so far, good, I don't think it matters. When he's got race pace, he can just overtake anyone and do that schrotter. I think he'll have to take the lead from the start and try and control it. I was going to say, is that the, the main question, really, that I should have been asking you? Do you think schrotter can finally win a race this weekend? No, because he's got to learn the circuit. Fair enough, that's a, a, a very straightforward answer there, yeah. No, I respect it. I I think we'd all like to see it. It's just if it will happen eventually, if it ever happens for Schrotter. Um, Dawn, Schrotter, stay with him. He said in a week that, you know, third place is still on in the championship. Um, obviously, you know, sort of giving up on that championship fight. Uh, he's 99 points behind now on Bulliger. Do you think he's going to have to, ab- like, you know, fight really hard for it now with the likes of Caracasulo and his teammates off Oglu? Yes, definitely. They're all sort of fighting, aren't they, for third place and it's going to be exciting watching them. But yeah, like you say, he's done really well and I'm sure he'll probably secure his place for next year as well for everything what he's doing. Yes, it's... Yeah, I think he's definitely warranted staying in a... In the Supersport with MV. Sorry, I was just writing down my predictions for, for Supersport, so I can go straight with that. Um, Jack, staying with Supersport and your predictions for, for this weekend at Most, who do you see being the, 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 the winner of the Supersport races? The Lega race one, Manzi race two. Why? Just purely because they're the sort of two that have been there all season long? Yeah, and I think Manzi will make a step on the Sunday to challenge. Sort of like a bit of a Mazzano or a... Um, I'm trying to think of what other race it was when that happened. No, it wasn't. I can't remember what the other race was. Yeah, I'm trying to think now as well, because there was one weekend where he... Was it Indonesia? I don't know. There was a, a yeah, weekend was... where he did, he did something compared to, to, to Bulaga And Dawn... From your perspective, the Supersport race winners will be? Yeah, I'm agreeing with Jack. 
Boogalave race one and Manzi for race two. Boogalave and Manzi again. And I have gone no Boogalave for a race win. I've, I've gone bold. Well, not bold completely. I've gone Manzi for race one and Bahatin Safoglu for the second race is my call. I'm going to say an MV is going to win a race. And that's very good. And we'll see how wildly wrong or wildly somehow correct we are this week. After <laughs> none of us got anything right for British Superbikes as well. Because I think you both went for Brooks and I went for Glen yeah. Irwin. So it's going well, our predictions this year. I've stopped <laughs> keeping track on who was doing well because I don't think any of us were really doing that well. No. So Jack, you might be the doing the best on predictions yeah. so far this Thank season, you. I guess. Yeah. We'll, we'll leave it here. We've got, obviously, the British Grand Prix coming up at the start of August. Back the return of MotoGP after a very long summer break. World Superbike, obviously, this weekend. And then British Superbike at Fruxton the week after MotoGP. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to check out all of our social media and the Highside News social media in the description below of wherever you're listening to this. Thank you very much and goodbye.